shall we crack on with today's topic then? Yeah, let's do it. So, estimating. Yeah. So we're going to talk about um, what it takes to estimate for a piece of work, um, how to um, estimate your effort when you're giving a quote to a client, when you're sort of pitching for new work. Um, so just some various ways of doing that and how to how to calculate something, you know, when, you, when you're not sure what to estimate, how, what's the best way to do? Do you overestimate, underestimate? What do you, what, what do you normally do? Yeah. Um, so I think we'll probably have some... We'll probably have some different options because most of my estimation that I do is for a small piece of work, which is part of a bigger project. Um, yeah. We don't necessarily estimate anything to do with costing. Uh, it's normally just to do with time. Uh, and because the way the company works is that we charge a, a fixed fee, a fixed day rate. So we'll estimate how many days or half days or whatever a piece of work will take and then the cost will go on that. Whereas... With you, I guess it's a little bit different. What, what's your method? Yeah, I think th- there's two distinctions here. So you you work part of a team. There's a number of people going to be working on a project, and you know that's where your costings are based on the time spent by the individuals on this project, right? And that's the resources that are being used. Whereas, yeah, myself, it's a case of I've kind of got my pricing in place. So you know, I think I know what I'm worth and what you know. Um, what other agencies or competitors are charging for similar kind of work, um, especially projects. So when we talk about projects, I'm talking about websites, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I don't know. You know, you can start and uh, just give a breakdown of you know how you guys um, price your 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 time, the work that you're doing, and, and stuff like that. Okay. Well, in terms of pricing, our company charges a fixed day rate for a developer. Um, I think they have different rates for uh, different seniority levels as well. Um, you know, junior, senior, lead, um, front end, back end. So each of those different roles has a price that the company charges going forward. And then when we are on a project, you know, we work in a agile, agile environment. You know, we have small scrum teams um, and we break our projects down into user stories and tasks and subtasks and epics and so on. And it's sometimes it's quite difficult when you've got a brand new project with no history. Uh, It gets easier over time. It's uh, it's that very first estimation that you need to do. The very sprint zero is normally the hardest one to estimate because you just don't know. You don't know how long a piece of functionality is going to take. Uh, you need to generally base it on previous experience um, and then give a rough estimate based on like, this piece of work took two days so this one which is very similar will probably take around about two days hopefully it shouldn't take as long because you've got experience from previous uh, project and maybe you can reuse some code so it may be a bit quicker yeah but that's generally a good starting point so the way we do it is with story points um which start from Zero, half, one, two, four, like that, and so on. And they go up in the, the sort of Fibonacci sequence. Uh, are you familiar? You know what Fibonacci is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I wasn't really good at maths, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's when a number is the sum of the previous two numbers. So, And then you end up with a sequence. So it would be zero, one, one, and then one plus one is two, and then one plus two is three, two plus three is five. So it goes one, one, two, three, five, eight. 13. So it's like exponential growth, isn't it? It's just, 
Yeah. Y- yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. So if you were to, yeah, if you were to put those onto a curve, you'll get a, an upward trending curve. And okay. it's just a good way of uh, estimating your project. So something that's quite small, let's say, for example, you need to um, update some links in a website footer, right? Yeah. Um, that probably take, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes to do that depending on your build process and everything. But even, let's say, at most, it'll take an hour to get that done. Yeah. That, in our in our way of working, would be considered as a tiny task, uh, and it may be given a story point of half. Um, right, I get you. Whereas something like building a, a carousel could potentially take a couple of days, and that we might estimate that as around an eight, uh, which would be a medium to large um, task something that's given a, a score of 13 points would normally be a very big project and we tend to try and stay away from doing um, tasks at that level we, we try to then break those down into smaller tasks so okay. once we've done our planning most of our tasks are around three to five story points or less right. some of them are small but most of them are around three to five and those sorts, of, you you roughly translate story points into days as well. Uh, it's not really mapped one to one with days or hours, but I think in most people's head that's how it is mapped. So something that's three story points is normally about a day, day and a half worth of work uh, at the most, and something that's an eight would be like two to four days. Okay, and um, as you go, like I said, as you go on. Uh, um, into a project you learn from past experiences so your estimations as you go on in each sprint tend to become more accurate yeah there'll be times near the beginning where you might estimate it as an eight and it ends up being a five and you end up completing that work a lot quicker so then when you've got another one which is a similar sort of size project uh then you can adjust your estimate to to an eight because what we want to do is we want to make our estimates as accurate as possible so that we're charging a fair price and we know how much work we can get done in a certain amount of time because the project's got a, a go-live date, has an end date. And if we're estimating that it's going to take 200 hours but it needs to be done in 150, then we know that we're over scope. So we need to either strip out some features or increase the team size. Yeah. Right. So that's the importance of getting the estimate, um, you know, accurate as possible is to to see if we're on track for that end date. Yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. Um, I didn't really, like, this This is planning poker, right? Uh, yeah, planning poker, exactly. So, yeah, uh, so at the... yeah, I didn't, I had no, like, I didn't have no concept of this. I had no idea this thing even existed. And then I had to, like, you know, you put it up in the notes and I've Googled it. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting way of kind of looking at it. And it makes sense. It does make sense. You know, the first maybe one or two times it feels a bit weird, like, doing that. Um, especially if you're doing it with, you know, with physical actual poker cards, uh, you can get these uh, Planet Poker um, playing card decks, and they're basically just cards with numbers, uh, those numbers on them. You know, one, two, three, five, eight, thirteen, maybe bigger, and some of them have a question mark on them as well. So if you're unsure, like let's say you're you're estimating uh, for a back end task, the idea is that the whole team estimates whether it's your job or not. Right. Okay. Um, but sometimes some people just have no experience of that. So like, 
And then you can just put a question mark down and just say, oh, I'm not sure that I'm happy to go with the majority, is basically what you're trying to say there. Yeah, um, it, it feels a bit funny the first couple of times you do it. Sometimes it feels a bit silly, I thought. But once you see the value of it and, you know, you get used to it, it's a really powerful tool. Uh, and there's some really good um, websites as well where you can do this for remote teams. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. I was just I was Googled it. I was like, what the hell is that? And then I was come across so many different things, so many articles and links talking about um, this planning poker stuff. Yeah. And yeah, there's diagrams of like the poker, like a deck and a hand and things like that. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. So I'm going to come back to that. Definitely have to read that. Yeah. It's something that's only worth doing if you've got a, a team. You know, if you're a, mm. a solo developer, then... You know, obviously you don't need to do this or even if you're just yeah. a team of one or two people i think once you've got to a a team size of about six or seven um and especially when you've got a team of multiple skills designers developers back-end qa and all that sort of stuff in one sprint uh one scrum team that's when you start need you know when you need to do this sort of stuff yeah that makes more sense for, for it to work you know it's it's like it's like a you know a, a game like a card game you can't play you know with two players you need at least five players right it's yeah exactly it's a similar kind of scenario isn't it yeah I mean you could do it with two people it just it's pointless it's probably <laughs> yeah you're better off just having a conversation um, yeah exactly it only makes sense when when you've got difference of opinion as well um, because the idea is that you know the task is presented to the team whatever on on a screen or whatever and everyone has their cards on them. And they choose a card and put it face down on the table. And it's only until everyone's put their vote in, then the cards are turned over. Because you don't want other people's numbers to influence your vote. Yeah, you. right. right. So everyone has their own idea of how long it's going to take. And then you flip them over. And then, you know, you'll see the trend. You might see everyone has voted for the same, same story points. Everyone's got a number two on the table or something. But if everyone's right. got a number two and one person's put a 13, then it's like, oh, that's, that raises a <laughs> What's flag. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, so then you need to ask that person, you know, do you want to give some more reasoning about why you think it's such a big task or uh, have you misunderstood what the task is? And a lot of the time it's a misunderstanding. Um, yeah. But then, you know, there, there may be a valid reason for that and then that's when the discussion opens up about, okay, maybe we need to find a middle ground somewhere. Yeah, you've got that, and then you potentially got um, maybe there's parts of a task that haven't actually been, you know, uh, you know, assumed correctly, and that one person's probably picked up on something and said, "Well, hang on a minute, I've actually done this before, and it took a lot longer, or it's a bit more complex." Yeah. So that's why I'm giving it a higher score. Yeah, definitely, we get that a lot, especially with some of our senior, more senior backend developers. Um, right. They okay. they tend to have you know some scenarios in their mind when they're doing their their <laughs> yeah. estimating which sometimes you know someone in the front end might not know about and you know obviously vice yeah, versa true. as well and uh that's normally a stumbling block for me like whenever i'm playing this sort of planet poker with my team yeah is uh i i don't understand everything about the back end so uh, often i'll just put a um put a question mark on those sorts of questions better to be safe yeah there's no point in well, there is a point. There is a point in estimating as well, giving your opinion. But if you're definitely not sure, you don't just want to put anything. You want to try. Yeah, and, yeah you can't. You need to go with the majority then. Hmm. Uh, but generally, it works and it's good. So it doesn't really come into the 
for us, it is all about how long a, a task is going to take and how much effort is needed. It doesn't really, uh, the pricing of it doesn't come into play because uh, that's handled by, you know, handled by the sales team and uh, project managers and stuff like that. So anyway, let's take a short break and uh, we'll be back after this message. We are sponsored today by porkbun.com where you can get a free .design domain name for one whole year. If you've ever tried to find the perfect URL for your design business, you probably know how hard it is to find an available .com. But now you have another option with .design. A .design domain name reflects what you do as a designer and helps elevate your branding. Major brands like Facebook, Adobe, Airbnb, Evernote, Amazon, and many more are already using .design. And the domain name is recognized in the same way as other top-level domain names by Google. Your free .design domain name comes with free email hosting, SSL security, a free site builder, and free Whois privacy as standard. Customers, clients, and employers instantly understand what you do before even arriving at your website. Unlike .com or .net, .design is more relevant and resonates with your audience. So, to get your hands on a free .design domain name for one whole year, head to porkbun.com and enter the coupon code INSPECTPODCAST at checkout. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com and use the code Inspect podcast at checkout. Thank you to Porkbun for sponsoring our show. So what about for you? What, what about when you get a new project? How do you handle it? Because you need to obviously give a quote right before anything. Yeah. So I've got um, so I've got smaller tasks and jobs, and then I and I quote for them um, based on an hourly rate or a day rate, and it, it kind of like varies uh, depending on the on the size of the task. And and then obviously the larger projects and the larger project would be a website. Um, so we go back to the smallest smaller tasks and smaller jobs, and you know that could be anything from um, doing an update to an existing website. You know it could be you know just adding additional links or adding a page. Um, <coughs> you know really small sort of tasks. And for things like that, there's an hourly rate in place. And what we normally do is charge a minimum like an hour is going to be used to get that task done, irrespective of if it, it, it takes half an hour. Um, so that hourly rate for the, for the first hour is going to be billable anyway. Um, and where I got that from was working with other agencies. So when I used to work with other agencies, they had that in their terms and conditions, stating that their hourly rate, you know, even if the work takes 15 minutes or half an hour, you're still liable to pay for the first hour anyway. Yeah. So I kind of took that and I, and I kind of like went with that. And it works really well, um, especially, you know, I, I get quite a lot of um, small jobs to do for clients on their websites. Um, so it kind of helps with cash flow. It's, it's a really good way to, to just to keep the cash, you know, um, coming in and the work ticking over. Yeah. And ha- how did you find your rate for that? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting thing. I, when I first started, I kind of um, looked around at what other freelancers were, were charging. And, you know, this is before I got into web. So as a designer, a graphic designer, I was looking at what other people were charging. And I kind of spoke to uh, people within recruitment and people who targeted uh, designers, um, you know, look for designers for, for other companies and things. And they kind of helped me to price myself and they kind of put me within a, like a bracket, like if you like as a junior and I kind of like started to get an, a, 
a bigger picture of how it kind of worked, how you explained it with juniors, you know, uh, middle way and then senior and things like that. And I kind of like went with that. Um, so it initially started off like 25, 30 pound an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's my freelance rate, just working on design things and like logos and print design and things like that. And then with more experience and understanding and realizing how how much time it would take me to get things done I was getting things done much faster and it was like a case of well I'm not really going to be turning over much money if I'm getting this job done even faster than I was before because you're stuck in this mindset well if I spend a lot of time on this task I can earn quite a lot of money from it but then the clients aren't prepared to pay that kind of money you know they expect it to be done quick and efficiently and things like that so it kind of grew from there and you know I'm I'm in a position now where I'm charging um, I've just increased my rate, so it's about sixty to seventy pound an hour, and that is again is just based on what other people who are doing similar kind of things are, you know, priced out. Even agencies that I know of, that's what their hourly rates are. Um, but you know, again, it's just for small jobs and things like that. And where my the bread and butter is on larger projects. And you know, on websites and things like that, and that's that's an interesting one because you've got people out there charging, you know, five hundred pound to build a website, and you're like, you know, how on earth are you doing that? You know, <laughs> how you know how are you living charging five hundred pound for a website? But then I I always remember I I started somewhere, and that's what I used to charge back in the day when I first sort of broke into the industry, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know where I got the figure from. It it kind of was what people were charging at the time. I think that's a pretty fair rate for a um, for a simple website from someone who's, you know, a fairly fairly junior person. Around five hundred pounds is is a fairly fair rate. Um, but there's only so much time you can keep that up for. Yeah, definitely. And I see that. You know, if, if I give a quote to a new client to someone I've never spoken to, I kind of break it down, give them a little proposal and a quotation for. You know, it could be a simple website, a brochure website that doesn't do anything complex. But because I've been doing it for a while now, I've got my pricing set. So let's just say for a, a simple brochure website built on WordPress with a bespoke design, mobile response and everything, I'd, I'd start from like 2K. That that would be the minimum that I'd expect for that. Um, purely because of the amount of time I've spent now on working on you know WordPress sites, building sites, the number of clients I've got, the types of clients I've worked with as well. Um, you know the values there if you come with me you're going to get what you pay for and the work's going to be good and you know it's going to be done properly whereas you know if I that if I've gone to the new client and explained that and they'll turn around and instantly just say oh well you know I've spoken to so-and-so and they said they can do it for 500 pounds mm. and it and I've got to a point where I can say that's fine uh, you can go with that person you know and yeah there's always going to be someone who can do the job for cheaper no matter what exactly. type of work it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we get that in, you know, uh, multi-million pound projects in our agency. We still get clients who are saying that, you know, you're priced too high. But then, you know, it's, there's there's plenty of agencies who are priced much higher than us as well. This is it. And I say that as well. I say that there's people, agencies in London. I mean, you've come to, to me. I'm branded as an agency. And, you know, I have a number of people who will be working on this project. So you've got to think about that as well. And that's being, you know, um, factored into the quote. Yeah. And there's other agencies out there who will charge five times more than what I'm charging or ten times more that I'm charging. They get a heart attack. They're like, well, that's crazy. They shouldn't be doing that. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. I said, well, look, 
you know, we can charge what we want to charge at the end of the day. Um, you know, as long as it's it's going to be you know justified by the quality of the work that we're doing, yeah, and it's going to help you out and help your business out. Yeah, I mean, you know, at work, I'm goals. I'm not involved in pricing ever really mm. at work. Uh, yeah, but there have been a couple of occasions where I've seen a quote that's gone to a client because I've needed to maybe vet the quote before it goes out or just confirm that everything's correct. And I've seen you know the the sort of prices that our company charges. It would be like a freelancer's dream to charge that sort of price for a single yeah, person. Yeah. Um, so you're saying that you know you start at around two grand. That's that's like half a day's worth of charging for our projects. Yeah, for for maybe you know a team of three or four people, that that equates to about half a day. Um, most of our projects go on for several weeks at the minimum. So. We're talking. We're yeah. talking big, big money. Yeah. Here. So I'm, I'm quite happy. I don't have to have those conversations with people because they can be quite difficult. Yeah, and and I'm glad that I've kind of figured it out for myself now. So I know mm. where I'm at and what I should be charging for projects because I can kind of get um, a, a guideline of you know just by speaking to the client and you know what they're saying. I've got an idea of you know what their budget is going to be and you know where I should go in. And just to give you an example, I just spoke to a client yesterday. I, I had to drive all the way up to Hungerford to go and speak to um, a new client who I've just got on board, actually. And these guys are like a AV hire company. They're pretty big. And I turned up there and I was like, wow, okay, they're a lot bigger than what I was expecting them to be. Mm. Um, and one of the guys that I spoke there, one of the directors, had already told me they've already you know, had two quotes. And one of the quotes... He basically just said, I'd rather spend the money on a Ferrari. So I knew exactly what they'd been quoted. And then he said the other guy had quoted him something a bit more reasonable, but they didn't know that person. They didn't trust that person. Yeah. Um, and he seemed a bit flaky anyway. So I, I had a ballpark. I knew where I was going to go in. And, you know, I went in at about like the you know 8 to 10K mark. And they were happy with that. So, you know... You know, on the surface, I think what you see from the client, what they're saying, how they present themselves, and you know, that kind of gives you an idea as well. That kind of helps um, to determine what you're going to be charging if you already know what your rates are and what you've charged previously for, you know, for, for projects and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of helps, and it's it's a you know it's a lifesaver when you've got a client like that. Um, but when you haven't, when you've got you know, tire kick, tire kickers. You know, wandering around and looking for the best bargain, especially for new designers like freelancers who are just getting into it, and they wouldn't have an idea. They wouldn't know. They just want to get the work on board. And I've been guil- guilty of this in the past, where I've taken people on just for the sake of it, just just to get the work in. And those kind of clients prove to be more um, trouble than they're worth. And this is where the whole charging by the hour, charging by the day thing, you know, I don't really agree with it because um, you could take on a client where you know you could probably spend, okay, it's a small job, like a logo design job. You can you know spend maybe two days on that job and you know it's going to take two days. But then that two days will prolong and turn into a week. And then you know your pricing just goes out the window. The client's not prepared to pay for it because you've already said to them it's going to take two days, but it's taken a week. Uh, and that week could be prolonged because they weren't available to provide feedback or when they do provide the feedback, it's taken even longer to get the stuff done, to get the work done. 
And when you're new in the industry, you're kind of like hesitant to say, well, you know, it's taken longer because you guys have asked for these changes and this and that, and you haven't got any terms and conditions and you kind of agreed on two days. So you spend a week on a job that you just took two days and you just get paid for the two days. So it's kind of like, I don't really agree with it, but, um, you know, you still got to use that kind of um, pricing model where you can. Yeah. Um, so... But that sort of brings me into my next question that I was going to ask you is um, once you've then given a quote to a client, what, what sort of steps do you put in place to ensure that that quote is, remains accurate? You know, if your quote is so, based on days um, or, or do you, are you, are you saying that you just don't quote on days now you quote for the whole job? Yeah. So any sort of web project, anything that's, to do with web you know web related so we're building a website for a client and that's going to be project based quote so it will be you know i'll know what i've charged before and then my base is going to be a two grand that's the minimum that i'm going to be charging for a website and if they want anything really really technical in there any kind of bespoke functionality or anything like that then that kind of work i'm going to be looking at um sort of like a, a day rate if you like just to get a ballpark figure of what how much more time and effort it's going to take to get that particular task done and then i'll kind of like bolt that on to that 2k base for that project but surely even with your base charge that you have you uh, each project will still have a deadline yeah well i kind of determine the deadline so i i always put about um three to four weeks on a web project okay um but if 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 it's urgent and the client needs it done within a week then i will charge more okay and have you been in any situations where you've you've given your three to four week estimate and you've gone over yeah that's happened and usually what what happens is i, I always send out like a uh, proposal to the client and there's T's and C's in there which explain like although this project's gonna take three to four weeks, um, you know, there will be, you know, instances where it this can like, you know, fall over at times and you know, an additional week could be added. And that could be down to the client not providing content on time, or it could be because, you know, we're really constrained and things are, you know, really, really busy. Um and they're always generally happy with that. And I've never had any issues where, you know, clients come back and said, Oh, you know, this is just taking far too long. Um, we're not going to pay you um, or anything like that. But you know, if if it's down to the client, and this is also mentioned in the in the proposal, the T's and C's, if a client prolongs a project by asking for too many changes and amendments and things like that, then they're liable to pay um, per day for the additional uh, work that's been carried out. Yeah. So yeah, that's always factored in, and I think this is one thing that a lot of freelancers don't get right, and this is why they get screwed over. And you know. My recommendations is to get a kind of bulletproof T's and C's in place. Um, I could probably share the one that I'm using. Yeah, perfect. Um, we you could do. probably put it yeah. on the notes, and that will help people out. Uh, and you know, it, it literally, it literally just says if you guys, you know, take the mic, then you're going to pay um, for the additional time spent on this project. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it all boils down to, really, is it? With whether it comes to estimating, quoting. Uh, as a freelancer in a massive company, it doesn't really matter. It's it's a conversation that needs to be had, and no two projects are ever going to be the same. So mm. it's very hard to just you know put a blanket blanket figure over everything and say, look, this is what we charge, and this is how long this 
sort of project will always take because there's always going to be variance and uh yeah like you said terms and conditions are very important contracts are very important uh maybe you should do an uh, an episode just about contracts and what sort of things to include in that oh definitely i i, I think that's a, a very handy for anyone out there who's getting involved because we've done quite a few episodes now to like you know to help people who are getting involved or who want to like tame to take the plunge in development um, you know that's the whole doing the work side of it but then you've got the business side of it and the financial side as well and contracts and all this kind of stuff be you know it'd be good yeah it's a big old topic yeah it's huge all right cool uh i guess we could probably wrap it up there we've uh, covered all the stuff on the notes um so some points to consider you know estimating is not it's not easy um it's something that gets easier over time but it's never never easy at the beginning and uh it's you know it's that's the whole that's the benefit of making like long-term relationships with clients as well, because then these estimates can get more accurate over time, and you know you can start introducing little nuances to the estimate as well. Yeah, and there's an understanding, a two-way understanding, over time as well. So it's a good thing to do. Definitely. Any final words? Yeah. No, not really. Um, I think you know if you want to kind of price yourself in the industry the best thing i could suggest is to get on google and have a look at what um other people are charging and have a look at what um agencies are actually willing to pay for junior developers and freelance uh, freelancers as well especially freelancers they'll they kind of dictate what the rate is and that rate's been pulled from somewhere so and it kind of like it, it balances itself out across the industry as well um, so they're very close, those kind of rates. So if you are a freelancer, you're getting into it, have a look at those rates and see what these uh, recruiters are um, you know, willing to pay. Yeah. And that'll kind of help you out. Yeah, and just remember, there's always going to be someone who does it cheaper. Just try not to let that bog you down. Try not to get into this mindset of undercutting people. Find your, find your worth and try and stick with it. And uh, Yeah, value is very important. Um, what you What you can provide for the client and the work that you're doing, um, you know, and the client usually determines that as well. So um, that's, 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 that is the way it works. Yeah, wicked. Good stuff. All right. Um, we haven't chatted for a little while, so uh, what's been going on? Have you got any things that you want to recommend, anything you want to chat about that's, that's come across your radar over the past couple of weeks? Um. I I actually came across a new oh I don't know how new it is it's a it's a social media platform called Minds I don't know if you've heard of it no I haven't okay it's very interesting and I got onto it because of oh, I don't know why I got onto it to be honest I think Joe Rogan might have mentioned it on one of his uh, podcasts um, but I, yeah then I went on, I went onto Minds dot com I had a look and I was like well this is pretty much like Twitter was it Minds as in like your brain M I N D S yeah yeah, M-I-N-D-S. Yeah, I think it's Minds.com. And and I went on that and it was like, well, this thing's to do with the blockchain and you basically earn Ethereum tokens and things like that for, you know, if you post something and it gets likes okay. and comments and things like that, then it you get paid. And I'd, I had no idea of that. I didn't know that that was behind it. I just liked the idea of it being... Um, somewhere where you can kind of like talk about anything without being put down yeah um so there's all kinds of like you've got adult themes on there you've got um very sort of specific sort of like uh communities on there talking about very specific things 
and you know and I, and I like that because Twitter is a place that's becoming very very volatile and toxic and you know you can get involved in a in a conversation on there and before you know it, you've got about 10 20 people hounding you and sending you bloody you know fancy yeah stuff. it's always been a place like yeah that. so mine seems to be very very but, but check out the podcast on twitter check out inspect fm on twitter we're not toxic yeah yeah we're not we're we're cool <laughs> we're, we're pretty chilled out all right yeah i'm having a look at the mine's uh, website it says featured on joe rogan podcast yeah um, so, so i've got the app down and it's really good it's built really well and it works really nicely so i came across that so it might be something for people might want to check out yeah cool cool um i'll check it out um all right i'm gonna send you to a website as well it's called it's by evernote it's uh, evernote.design um, oh, that's interesting so for any okay. of the designers out there uh and obviously the site's been created by evernote but it's not all about their service it's basically a bookmark of uh, loads of design resources okay um and it's got everything on there it's got like design inspiration sites uh community sites uh places for free icons free ui resources uh learning about stock photos videos um, accessibility animation tools and it's just a it's just a basically a, a repository of all these different websites and just categorized into uh, i'll just pull that out it's pretty cool and it's it's got so many things on it it's such a it's a brilliant place to um to use as your jumping off point if you're looking for inspiration for anything um it's got like design books uh places to get backgrounds and patterns uh tools collaboration tools wireframing tools and uh each one it's not just a bunch of links you know each one has a a landing page that you can go to where you can read a little bit about what that product is before you then go and visit it so yeah it's a good place that's pretty cool it's worth uh worth bookmarking and um oh keep, done it already keep you pretty busy if you're gonna start looking through all of that yeah i can see this like being netflix <laughs> before you even watch anything you just spend ages going for everything yeah exactly because <laughs> i had someone asking me just a couple of days ago like where can i get some nice icons from i can't remember who it was and um I, I I sent them somewhere else, but then I came across this site and I was like, this is perfect. Someone needs icons, just send them here. It's got a whole category of icons, which has about, I don't know, 40, 50 different links on it. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Evernote.design. I like it when companies do that, when they're sort of open source, useful stuff for the whole community. Yeah, It's like Facebook.design as well, which is really good. If you're looking for um, like UI templates, so if you're designing like an iOS app, they've got loads of templates of iOS devices, which you can then open up in Sketch or Figma or whatever. So it's good. It's good when companies do this. It needs to happen more often. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be really handy. I've bookmarked it already and I've, you know, I'm going to spend a bit of time on this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Uh, links for these two things, they'll be in the show notes as well, as with everything that we've discussed. Um, I'll put some links into some Planet Poker sites as well. And um, yeah, if you can dig out that terms and conditions template you've got, you can maybe stick a PDF or something of that. In there. Sounds good, man. Cool. We'll speak soon. Yep. Speak later. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast player and feel free to drop us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at InspectFM and you can find the show notes for today's episode and a full archive of all shows over at inspect.fm. 